I remember one time my dad, I'll never forget this, when he looked at me and he just was like, what is wrong? I was maybe 21 at, the, at this time. And I just looked at him and I said, I just wish that I was dead. <laughs> like, I just wish that I wasn't living. That is Rachel Hill. And this is Tiny Conversations. I'm Brian Colley. Rachel is an upbeat, enthusiastic, and really athletic person. I know this because we both train at the same gym together. One day while going through my Facebook feed, I saw a post from Rachel about being sober for a year. I thought this was interesting given our society's focus on alcohol. After one of our workouts, I decided to meet up with her in the park on a relatively windy day and ask her about that post. Here's that conversation. Why why did you initially say, I'm not going to drink for X period of time? For me, it was, I'm not going to, I'm going to, you know, try to live a life of um, complete abstinence from everything. What I struggled with most in my story is drugs. Um, and I, I went to rehab a few times and tried to get clean, and I could never get clean. And in the last two years, when I moved to Toronto... I was able to stop doing drugs, but I, then the drinking is so much more socially acceptable. So I thought maybe I could get away with drinking. And I had a year where it would be like I would get in a month or two of sobriety. And then I would go out drinking and think that I could have just one. And it would always end up, you know, for me, it's the same thing. Drugs, alcohol, any of it. And so this past year, I've been completely sober, clean and sober from everything. And it's been amazing. <laughs> wow. That is, I did not know that about you. Um, first of all, that's incredible. I'm so happy to hear that. Uh, did you find that, like, had you been sober from, um, other stuff longer than drinking? Like, was it, at that point, was it just drinking? When I first moved to Toronto, I went through a time where I was just trying to drink, but I found every time I would drink, I would revert back to wanting to get high. And so that's where, you know, another place where they, they go hand in hand. So even if the drinking night went okay, it would always lead me back to drugs at the end. And that's <clears throat> not what I wanted. And so it kind of was my, like, pre-journey to this journey of sobriety, trying to figure out what worked for me. And, you know, I find it's a daily thing where it's this completely new life that I have to live, that I've been blessed to live, really. And it's like a day-to-day -day thing of just trying to be... A different and a better person to you how how does the this society operating around alcohol I guess what's your, what's your take on that looking at it after just being sober for one year I kind of think it's a shame the way that we act as people you know as young people um, I've had the opportunity to go out dancing sober which was probably one of the most terrifying things I've ever done like to to walk into a, a club and have everyone dancing and drinking around me and just feeling so uncomfortable in my own skin because I didn't have that alcohol as, you know, to, to help me kind of loosen up. And, like, I remember the first time doing it, I was with a bunch of friends who are also sober, who had been sober before I was, and they were like, okay, it's your first time, it's going to be weird. And, and, like, I couldn't go out and feel comfortable socially because I didn't have alcohol and I think that's a shame and like I've been able to experience things that like I remember the whole night now when I go out I wake up and I feel good and I'm not hung over and it's just I think it's so amazing I, I love it 
I love to hear that you had this support network outside of that group, outside of that already sober group. How, how did other people react? People understand the drug part. It's the alcohol that's so, so socially acceptable that people often don't get it. I, I believe that I have, I'm a drug addict and therefore an alcoholic. I believe that they're one and the same. And so somebody who doesn't struggle with problems of addiction might not understand completely what I'm going through. And so, um, you know, it, I, I'll get two different types of reactions. I'll get people who just, you know, I'll expect them to be like, why aren't you drinking? And then they don't say anything. And so I'm like, hmm, they don't care. Funny. Or there's people who are just like, they'll put the pressure on, like, have this shot, do this shot. Why aren't you drinking? And it's funny because I've noticed that, like, usually the people who put the pressure on are the ones who are drinking heavily anyways. And so it's like, you know, maybe they have a problem and they don't like to see somebody who's done something about it. You've made this very clear change for, for very positive reasons. Um, and it sounds like some people in your life are really, really accepting about that. Other people, um, maybe not so much or taking their time to come around. What's different? What are, what are you, what do you, what have you noticed in the day to day that's just different now? For me, I was living in Niagara Falls. My family had, you know, decided to stop enabling my drug use and I was no longer in contact with them. And, you know, my friends were drug dealers and, like, criminals and, like... So when I... When everything changed, literally everything changed. I moved into a recovery house with other people that were in a similar situation to me. And, and like I said, I knew no one and I just got to start over. And so it was terrifying, but it was, like... Um, I remember staying up with my roommates who become started to become my friends and just, like, laughing from pit of my stomach and like then crying because I hadn't oh, I'm almost gonna cry right now <laughs> because I hadn't felt that in so long and I hadn't hung out with like young women my age in so long and it was just like I, I feel like I get a second chance to experience all this stuff again and it's some, like so amazing even now looking back it's hard to remember like a in a linear fashion like how I got to where I was when it was at its worst it's very strange, almost bizarre. I don't ever want to forget how bad it was because it, I have a new appreciation for life and, and a healthy fear of going back to that. And I don't ever want to forget that. But sometimes I'll think about some of the things that had happened or the way that I was and I'm like, that just feels like a totally different person now. When you did decide to make that change, um, basically to just like turn away from that person that you're kind of looking back on what was it that made you say okay things of I gotta turn things around I said <clears throat> I'm gonna to quit tomorrow for about four years I went to treatment for the fourth or fifth time and I just I had no hope that it would work but I just run out of options and I went and then I had a certain amount of time clean and and something changes when you know that fog lifts a little and you get just this tiny glimmer of hope and it's like maybe I can do this and I moved here and it was a struggle for a year but I wouldn't change it for the world because of everything that I learned and then the last time I went out drinking I ended up picking up drugs again and uh, I realized that I was in a different place with a different person 
and using different drugs and a different brand of alcohol. <clears throat> but it was the exact same thing as it always was. And it will always will be unless I do something about it. It was painfully, a painful moment of growth, you know, where it was scary because I finally accepted, like, this will never change for me. I can never drink or use drugs safely. And, you know, since then, one day at a time, I have not had to drink or do drugs. What's the hardest part about that now, now that you're sober? I was always using. And so now it's like the good moments to feel like friendship and excitement and all those things that I numbed out are so amazing. But on the other side, it's like to feel fear in its full capacity is scary, you know, and just to like, sometimes I'll feel something and I'll be like, what is this emotion? I don't know if I felt this before. And it's, it's like, so I'm on this path of like self-discovery, but just doing things that people got to do so long ago, you know, and like, I feel like I'm, I don't have a clue what I'm doing half the time. I'm just walking around and like, you know, my mom, I'm, I'm on good terms with my parents again and my mom works for a bank and I'm like, mom, like, how do I, what is this, what does this mean? You know, like just stuff that adults should know, but I just don't know because I never did anything responsible up until now. And it's like, it's exciting, but it's a lot to learn. But it's a, it's an amazing journey so far. I feel like I have been in my own version of a personal hell, <laughs> like suicidal, addicted to heroin, addicted to crack. Just, I remember one time my dad, I'll never forget this, when he looked at me and he just was like, what is wrong? I was like maybe 21 at, the, at this time. And I just looked at him and I said, I just wish that I was dead. <laughs> like, I just wish that I wasn't living, you know? And I don't feel that way anymore. <laughs> and that, like, I get to walk around and, like, make friends and try to be a good person and, like, you know, try to give back to other people and just... I know what it feels like to be at the absolute worst wishing I was dead. And so now to not feel that way anymore, life is beautiful. And I feel like some people walk around and they never get to come so close to such an awful thing and to then have a new way to look at life as a blessing. I know the reality of what happens to people who use those kinds of drugs. And I feel like I am so lucky to have found a way to live without them that like each day is amazing. <laughs> I'm so inspired by Rachel's story and optimism. If you or someone you know is struggling with addiction, please get help. You can contact the Center for Addiction and Mental Health at info at camh, that's C-A-M-H dot C-A. If you want to learn more about this podcast, check out past episodes or get in touch, head to tinyconversations.com. Our theme music is by Broke for Free, and I tweet at Brian Colley. Thanks for listening.